0: Welcome to Eat This Scroll, a podcast where we sit together and talk about God's Word and what we're chewing on. We have Brett Gilchrist, the senior pastor here with us today. Brett, what have you been chewing on?
1: Well, um, first, I'm sort of trying to get my head around a podcast. This is the first time I've ever done one, Chris, and (laughs) you know me and technology, so I'm super excited about this. (laughs) Cereal and water. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you asked, you left it wide open. And so yesterday I preached out of uh, Hebrews 13 and there was a verse in there that I touched on, but I thought I had maybe a little bit more to say about it. It's us sharing the reproach of Christ.
0: Great. Yeah, let's hear it.
1: Okay. Well, um, the verse reads this way, says, therefore, Jesus also that he might sanctify the people through his own blood suffered outside the gate. So let us go out to him outside the camp bearing his reproach for here. We do not have a lasting city, but we are seeking the city, which is to come. Um, And I put it in its context that, you know, when animals were sacrificed in the tabernacle, their bodies were taken outside um, the gates and, and were discarded. And it was shameful and reproachful. And of course the writer Hebrews tells us that Jesus chose to go outside the gates he chose to become that body that was sacrificed on our behalf and his blood atoned for us and paid for our sins and bought us redemption and adoption into the family of god all the great things that were accomplished through that but this verse tells us that we're to go outside the gate and share in his reproach and i'm thinking about that in a cultural sense um in sort of two ways the first one is this that the simplicity of the gospel does not appeal to our intellect or to our desire to be self-righteous to save ourselves and it seems as though in these latter days, don't go to seed on that <laughs> uh, it seems as though that's becoming more problematic. Um, the The cross itself, the bloody work of atonement. Those things now are beginning to, people are looking at them um, differently than they would have 20 years ago. And even within Christendom, I think people are saying, well, that just sounds like cosmic child abuse. It's it's not something that we'd really want to promote and talk about. And so I think Christianity is or the, or the church has the temptation to back away from those things because they are, hard to talk about the cross is foolishness to those that don't understand it Mm -hmm. and so i think rather than us owning that foolishness and owning that reproach we say well i don't want to go outside the city gates i want to stay within the culture here where it's really comfortable so i won't deny the atoning work of jesus but i'm not going to talk about it in the same fashion that i maybe would have 10 15 20 years ago and i think that that becomes real problematic because the work of the gospel has to include those things. And if, if the church and the members of the body of Christ are saying it, it makes me uncomfortable. I don't like the way the world responds to me. I, I want to stay in here inside this cultural city, as opposed to go outside the gates and experience the reproach of Jesus. Um, I think we've got a problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of when Paul talks about, uh, Completing the suffering of Christ in his own body, or I don't quite remember exactly how it's phrased, but that there's a participation that happens in our Christian walk that unites us to the work of Christ. So you're describing that the reproach, so the shame, the rejection of society, you know, the mocking and all those things, that those things are something that we should be positioning ourselves, or if we're walking earnestly, we should be positioning ourselves to receive that.
1: Yeah. And I think. I alluded to the first one is sort of the the oddness of Calvary itself and, and blood atonement and the things that were accomplished there. The second one, you know, Paul talks about in First Corinthians that it's there's a there's a wisdom of the world that doesn't doesn't embrace these things. And it's actually it's looked at as foolishness. And and we have to be willing to say, I will be counted amongst the fools for jesus as opposed to the wise of this world and i and i think that's a a a more difficult uh, i think that's always been around obviously paul wrote it thousands of years (laughs) i do think that right now christianity wants to feel like it's accepted by the world around it and and so the temptation is is to um explain away or water down or turn from the hard truths of scripture and and i i alluded to it or tried to speak to it yesterday but things that were clearly sinful in scripture and that our culture 20 to 30 years ago said yeah that's sinful now we're up for grabs and and for christians often it's like yeah i don't really want to come down too hard on that position because i will feel Ostracized or pressured, or I I won't be in the camp I want to be in, and I think it should drive us. Well, the only camp that you and I should be in is the camp of reproach and shame that Jesus, you know, established outside the gates. and And so, if we allow our intellect or our our desire to save ourselves through self righteousness, if we allow those things to become primary in our understanding of our faith. We've done a disservice to the scriptures and the gospel, and I think great harm to the church in Georgia.
0: Yeah, I agree. It seems like it would serve people to come to terms with the reversed economy that Jesus offered to everything. I mean, when he talks about the Sermon on the Mount, so many of those things are just a flip side of culture. Or when he's talking to his disciples and he said, unless you become like one of these children, you will never enter the kingdom. So, do you feel like that's a key piece of sitting down and really making right with the terms of the gospel and going, this is going to cost me something?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, when I share the gospel, I share the good news of Jesus's work on the cross and God's grace. But I, I literally, I draw it on a piece of paper and I draw a little dotted line. And under, underneath that, I say, your life will change. Now, the dotted line indicates that change is not required to get saved, but being saved will require, does produce change. And I think we have to embrace that and help others embrace that. Now, it sounds like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. I don't think that we have to become extremely countercultural in all that we do and act and say. I, but I do think we have to know where the limits are and say, I can't go down that road for comfort because it compromises the message of the gospel right. so it's one thing to say you know enjoy a tv show or a movie or watch a pro football game that's fine but, but when the world says that what the scripture says is sinful the world says is not that's not yeah. fine and that's where we have to say no i can't do that and and you're right um pretty much everything in the culture and in the world around us is opposed to or at odds with the truth of God's word, and we have to learn how to live in that context, but not not be conformed right. to it.
0: So, you know, we have kind of the history here of hellfire and brimstone, and um, you know, not making a moral judgment on what that right, what that wrong. But then it seems like things have swung to this conformity. So, where is the line you think in between? That approach that is like you described very countercultural, cultural, or would especially be in this day and age, and the one who kind of you know keeps their head down, doesn't make any waves.
1: Yeah, I suppose the quickest answer would be you got to speak the truth in love, and th- the truth of Scripture and the Gospel can't be a compromise, can't be avoided, shouldn't really be sugarcoated, but. It- but it can be done in in love and in a respectful way and in, in a way that values the people in which we're trying to communicate the gospel to. I think, you know, the first position you describe, and I realize why you're doing it, I never, frankly, have seen a whole lot of that. Sure. Um, sure. It's, you know, maybe the occasional street preacher at the U of O, but more than likely, we've always tended to be way too soft in our presentations of the gospel. And I think that um, in the, in the times in which we live now, the the soft, (laughs) the soft approach is becoming even softer. And that, and that's why I think this verse, you know, I honestly, the end of Hebrews here has been fun for me because it's stuff I've never spent much time in. And to say, you know, share the reproach of Christ outside the city walls is, is a really descriptive way of saying stand with him live with him uh, walk in obedience to him you don't have to be weird but you have to be truthful and you have to say i i would much rather the reproaches of christ than the praise of the culture and you know i don't we don't have time this morning for isaiah 53 but you read through all of isaiah 53 and you recognize it's pretty much all about the reproach of christ you know and it's because of that that you and i have received our forgiveness and salvation and our adoption into heaven and so we can't abandon that and you know that and the, the church knows that but it's a good reminder. yeah
0: it seems like that very thing that we cling to for our salvation then becomes the thing we get really sheepish about so what would you say to somebody who really is uh tied or or feel feels trapped towing the line here? whether it be at work or with family members or friends where they really feel uncomfortable that they may be viewed as outdated. Um, you know, they don't want to be hateful or cruel like they see on social media or something. What would your advice be for somebody right there in the middle? Who's like, I should do something, but I don't know what.
1: Yeah, I'd I'd say it's uh, I think about it this way. I, I don't think that person's job is to change the thinking of their unbelieving coworkers. So that the unbelieving coworker b- believes that you know a, a clearly delineated sin in Scripture is not sin, that doesn't shock me or surprise me. But it's also important that the unbelieving coworker does not change our position about the truth of Scripture. And that, to me, is of greater concern. So we have to say, no, I am not going to believe the culture. I'm not going to believe academia. I'm not going to believe all the things that tell me, what the scriptures say is wrong is right. And so it's not as much trying to enforce my opinion on others, but not let others' opinions change my position and my unwillingness to stand in the reproach of Christ. So where it probably boils down to it is when you're asked a bold, blunt question. You know, do you believe that sex outside of marriage is immoral? The answer to that is yes. And that's, that's an outdated answer. Nobody in the culture believes that anymore. It will make you look odd, but um, the, the right answer is the right answer. Now, am I going to try to convince my non believing coworker to quit sleeping with a girlfriend? No, that's, that's not going to save him. I'm going to love my non believing coworker, but I'm going to try to speak the truth of the gospel to him. And um, so I don't know if that helps, but I, I think to recognize my goal really isn't to change my culture in, at the workplace or in the community in which I live my my purpose is to live in truth to the scriptures and be willing to stand in those positions when they become when you become a cultural outcast Um, but i don't think we have to push on those things they're going to push on us and that's why we have to be prepared to say no i i'm i'm gonna believe the truth even though it costs me something and right now it doesn't cost us much but Honestly, I think it's going to cost us more in the days ahead. I think it's going to be harder to avoid those kinds of conflicts.
0: sure. yeah, I mean, we're saying in the culture that people are taking up positions and it is costing them something practical here you know in the western world that we've taken for granted for a long time. So just to touch on and maybe summarize what you'd said just a moment ago, um, in terms of how to comfort someone in that position, I've found that you you said. The, your job isn't to convince somebody that what they're doing is immoral, that they're doing a bad thing. And I found a great comfort in coming to terms with the fact that uh, the work of salvation isn't an intellectual ascent. It's not an apologetic that is refined and ineffective, and um, although we are meant to uh, maintain a defense. Uh, but when you realize that I can't convince someone mentally and intellectually into heaven, that I think like you're referring to, can produce great comfort in people who go, how do I talk to my neighbor about it? Well, it's, it's not your work to be done. You play a part, but not that part.
1: Um, let, me, let me back up and, and sure. read this passage. Sure. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. For it's written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. Where's the wise man? Where's the scribe? Where's the debater of this age? Has God, has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? And I think we want the wisdom of the world. We want the world to view us as wise. And we have to come to grips with the fact that that's probably not going to happen. And so we seek the approval of God, not man.
0: Yeah. So really the the contentment is found knowing that our place is with Christ and Christ is outside of the literal and figurative city of our culture and in the world we live in. So that seems to be where we ought to be.
1: Yeah, and 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 for now, maybe not for American Christians, but for Christians around the world, outside the gates in a place of reproach is a difficult place to be. Mm-hmm. But the reward the in the end is we're in the city that won't end. Yet. Yeah. And we are where we were intended to be and created to be. And I just think that um, it's important that we recognize that and we learn to take those little steps that lead to, I will share the reproach of Christ as opposed to the praise of the culture around me.
0: Awesome. Thank you for coming this morning. Thanks for sharing.
1: You bet, Chris. Thanks for doing this. And you have a lovely office. It's spacious and gigantic. (laughs) You always complain about its size, but... There's (laughs) roughly 500 pounds of men in this room right now, and there's room to spare. So,
0: Wasn't this a closet before I got here?
1: Well, it could have been. Thanks, Chris. We'll see you next time.
0: Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's Word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week, so please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God Love your neighbor and make disciples.